Hello, everyone. It's that time again. Wisdom in Golf and Golf WRX. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, our uh, Perfect Imperfections podcast. You know, it's been, how, how long has it been now? I think we're approaching year two next year. Year two, right? Yeah. It's coming around. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I really, I really enjoy these conversations and, uh, you know, getting a little deeper into, into the subjects. And, um, you know, I got some really cool technical, you know, feedback for everyone. Um, I just realized that swaying off the ball and in, in a few of the latest lessons that I, that I've given swaying off the ball has so much to do with our side vision, right? So, Sav, if I'm facing you directly and I make a golf swing, my golf swing's basically going 90 degrees to the left of you if I'm playing right-handed. Yeah. Now, if I turn sideways and I want to send the golf ball your way and I don't have an intermediate point, typically what's going to happen is I'm going to want to face you if I'm trying to send my ball towards you. In so doing, I start to turn my body towards you and I'm going to pull it left. So if my ball is a little back of center because I'm trying to draw the ball and I want to start a little right at target, but I'm thinking, okay, I want to start it out there and I don't have an intermediate point, I'm going to have to sway off that ball to feel like I can send it in your direction. Mm-hmm. So when you sway off the ball, and I keep harping with this, it's like you're not defective it's not a a defect that you're swaying off the golf ball it's what you see and what you're trying to do that compels you to do that so if i were to put uh um, let's say a t in front of your ball four inches in front of your ball and you did a practice swing above the ball and that t and your feet are basically parallel to the ball and the t and you do a nice practice swing and you observe the blur of the club passing over the ball and the tee. And I would say to you, okay, swing in a way that would have the blur go through both objects. You wouldn't sway off of it anymore. Because if you do, you can't go over the tee. You go left of it. And if I say, well, you want to go a little right edge of the tee, well, you'll sway even less. You'll kind of brace yourself against your lead side and get a little more behind the ball and then allow that swing to stay to the right of that intermediate point that way. So that's why picking an intermediate point from behind is humongous. It's like one of the most important fundamentals of what we do. And then, you know, you remember as you're looking down the line and you're saying, yep, that matches where I want to end up and you, you've pictured it from behind then when you get beside the ball, you can't be looking out to your target anymore. You got to be looking to your task. So you say, if I cut grass to the right edge of the intermediate point, the ball will meet the face and leap into the air, right edge of the intermediate point. And my, my club face is slightly closed because my grip club relationship is closed enough, then I'll get my draw. And that's basically how you want to organize your things. And then you need to witness it. You need to stay with it and not get distracted by 
making sure you're going towards the target or making sure you try and, and, and meet the golf ball. You just stay with that task of delivering through that arc blur in the direction of that intermediate point, which also leads me to, for those of you who uh, are saying, well, I don't really have enough power in my swing. Sav, what would you say is the biggest contributor to your power? My rotational momentum. And rotational momentum comes from what? Gathering a big swing. Gathering a big-ass backswing. Pardon my French. But a gathering, a big backswing, which means turn your whole backside to the target, the same way a baseball pitcher would perform their, uh, their motion and their gathering when they want to throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Yeah. I saw this uh, Netflix on Nolan Ryan. The guy had 108 miles an hour fastball. That's crazy. That's scary. <laughs> 108 miles an hour. How's his shoulder? <laughs> he was the, the longest-lasting pitcher who ever lived. Yeah, that's he was pitching. He was 41 years old. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You must have been Oh, efficient. you got to see that. Netflix. Was he a fit? He must have been efficient with his throws. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Probably the most and, and, it, and it's a great story because at the beginning, he was nothing special. He's a lot like, um, you know, the... the um, Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he he was nothing special at the beginning. Yeah. And then he stuck with it. And then all of a sudden, things emerged. <laughs> and then he became one of the most prolific football quarterbacks. Right. So that's the same as Nolan Ryan. I mean, those two have a very parallel career in their respective fields. Right. So, and then you, you, you know, you watch the footage. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the footage that you see in that documentary is, is him pitching mm -hmm. and it's unbelievable. It's just, it's just uh, an economy of motion. It's so efficient. And that's why he was able to last and he, there was no way you could take him out of the game. He, he, when he was starting pitcher, yeah. there was no way that you'd sub him out. You, you'd sub him out. Impossible. Right. And, and, and he earned that respect. So if you don't complete your backswing, then you're going to have a hard time initiating your kinetic chain, and then you're going to have to help it. And that is a recipe for disaster when it comes to consistency in the game. Yeah. You want consistency? Got to finish the backswing. That was Jack Nicholas's number one swing key his whole life. Finish the darn backswing. Yeah. And that has, you know, beautiful repercussions. So that's why you're so prolific in long drive now, Moo, you know? Yeah. Because you got yourself a nice full backswing. Yeah. And you let your head turn in the backswing, you know? Yeah. Like, it is. That's full. I mean, you, yeah. you want a definition of full backswing? Look <laughs> at Moo. Yeah, kind of when I watched myself, and I haven't seen myself in camera in a while and looked at it. It kind of looked like John Daly's yeah. swing in, in, in terms of positions that he And it looks in. so easy. Yeah, and then sometimes it's like, uh, I, it's hard to believe that I'm turning that much. It's like, there's no way to have that much flexibility because it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like. Right. Yeah. But exactly. when you see it, it's like, this is just a. Uh, this it, is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know you could do that. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it surprises me. It's surprising. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, 
people never cease to be surprised when they come for lessons because they think they're doing something. Yeah. And we suck at body part positioning. And there, there's the classic example. You, th- mm. you, you thought, well, I feel a little restricted. And then you look at your backswing and you go, whoa. Yeah. Uh, nothing restricted about that. Yeah, it's like I can see the club head in the backswing. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. My, and I'm going in my eye. I'm like, this is, is this normal? But then I saw John Daly's swing. I'm like, oh, okay, it's pretty close to that in terms of. Hey, man, that's you know two majors and a lot of personal problems in between. Yeah. yeah so I mean, could, could you imagine Tiger Woods's brain on that golf swing? Right. There's no way Tiger would have ever had to change swings. Mm-hmm. You know, just stay with that and keep winning majors. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. It'd be a license to print money. Yeah. That's Unbelievable. Yeah. So the reason why most of you can't finish your backswing is because of the side vision. Because you're trying to stay close to your target. Right. And in order for you to stay close to the target, well, could you imagine when you, because that's a lot of my students, they go, you want me to go all the way there? Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you know, turning their back to the target, left knee behind the ball, left heel off the ground. They go, oh, my God, you really want me there? How do I get back to the ball? Yeah. Because they think they're so far away from the target. Yeah. Whereas if you go blur through ball and intermediate point, no big deal. It's right there in front of you. Right. And then you continue through there and, you know, into your finish and you wake up and you go, wow, I hit that far. You know, that, that video is still going viral, Sav. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Gently drive your ball 300 yards. Yep. So if you, you know, type in the search box on YouTube, gently drive your golf ball 300 yards, wisdom in golf, uh, you'll see that we're approaching 1.5 million hits on that thing. And people still to this day... They don't get it. They look at that and they go, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. That's fake. You you juiced your, you know, your, your, like, monitor. that's the farthest thing we would ever do. The last, the last thing I would do is tarnish my reputation. Yeah. And, you know, and then people are, that's impossible, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so, it's, it's a controversial video and it's, <laughs> it's gaining a lot of attention. But if you come here and you see what we do, you go, oh. Then you go see Sav at a long drive competition, and there she is, you know, hitting at 327 yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her first driving competition was 309. Yeah. It's like right there. Yeah. And that was measured with yards, you know, and people measuring the, the golf balls out there. Mm-hmm. And it's uncontested. Yeah. And she's been so consistent. And how many, there were four, four competitions this year for you, right, Sav? Yeah, we did um, Mesquite, Port Rowan, uh, Connecticut, and uh, Utah. And and you hit drives over 300 yards in every one of those. Yeah, 300 so, and over, yeah. 300 and over, absolutely. So, and, and that, the, the, so there you go. You got that longevity or that consistency under any condition mm-hmm. because um, I, I remember Connecticut, the two of you were um, – uh, you know, I would say you had a, a hand tied behind your back because you're hitting, you're trying to hit your draw on that grid. That grid required yeah. draw, but then you had a right to left wind. Yeah. 
And for a lefty, hitting a draw against the wind is going to take off a lot of a lot of distance. It's yeah. going to give you a lot of accuracy, yeah. but it's going to take away a lot of distance. Yeah, yeah it was not a lefty wind. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, no. And, and you guys held your own there. I mean, Moo, you missed it by what? Oh, it was another like situation with like four yards or three yards where the difference. Right. Yeah. And then, but you made the top twenty-four in Utah. Yeah, which was fantastic, and that yeah. was a big field. That was a stacked. Field. That yeah, it's, was a, a, it's a it's a popular event. Yeah, that people like Utah a lot. So that that would you I would say that would have been your best event there. Yeah, it was because like uh, I was starting to um, peak at the right time in the season. Yeah, yeah. And you and you were just a yard off the world championships. Yeah, I tell you next year, let's do it. <laughs> we're yeah. doing it. Just waiting for the uh, equipment it, to come in uh, from Crank to see how. The, that's uh, it. We gotta. I, I'm hoping, we fingers testing. crossed, that that does the that does the trick. Me too, yeah. And then and then we can just focus on, you know, just, get getting that extra speed, yeah, and just go for it, and then not Lots have equipment, of, yeah, as a lingering doubt, a thorn in your mind, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That sucks, yeah. So, yeah. Yep, it'll be a winter of testing and trials. <laughs> Yeah. So, in order for everyone listening to get your full backswing, I mean, listen, Moo's only been doing long drive for a year, and he's only been playing for four years, and the guy's hitting at 400 yards. So, that means there's a lot in there for all of you to, to learn from. So, you go to wisdomandgolfpremium.com, and then you're going to check out Alignment Reload. That's the first one you're going to check. That's going to reset your side vision. And then you're going to go to purpose of the backswing. You're going to go to lead hand release in the backswing. And that'll open up the valves. And then after that, you're going to go to throw the club. And the arc blur or blur of club. And your target confirmation series. And then you'll be on your way to phenomenal distance compared to what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like... The average, the bare bones average that we get out of our students is 30 yards. Extra. Yeah. That's two and a half clubs. Yeah. Two and a half clubs and, and change yeah. more than, than the vast majority of golfers have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sweet spot basically for the PGA Tour is seven iron at 185 yards driver carry between 280 and 310 that's it you don't want less and you don't want more if you're going to be a a competitive player Mm -hmm. uh, in the men's field and i i know that the lpg has gone up a little bit since uh the stats from 2018 uh, from Trackman. it was 218 yards carry for the average lpga player and um sav's been you know head and shoulders past that for a long time now uh, but I'm pretty sure the LPGA has gone up a few yards since then yeah. I, would, I would say Carey is probably closer to 230 now yeah yeah, and and you've been consistently at 270 mm-hmm. so um, there's significant fun for everyone yeah. <laughs> in yeah. wisdom and golf so yeah. tell all your friends and also I think one thing that people have to realize is when you're trying to increase distance and stuff, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be more inaccurate. Because that's the fear, right? Like, a lot of people think that if you're trying to gain speed and distance, well, then you're not going to be as accurate and not as consistent, which is 
actually the complete opposite because you're more free in your swing yep. when you're going for distance and speed because you can't restrict your body. You're going to hurt yourself. People are more careful in the other case. That's right. And when you're careful, that's when you start. You hit it offline. Yeah. That's right. Because you're, the whole swing is just short-circuited, discombobulated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kinetic chain can't engage, and, it, and, and it's the, the track, you know, the arms and the, the arms and the club revolve from the shoulder sockets down. Mm-hmm. Well, shoulder socket is just a beautiful pivot. It's got 360 degrees of range. Mm-hmm. You give it some G-force, and the thing's going to track like a rail. Mm-hmm. So if, if your body's positioned to deliver right edge of the intermediate point and you freewheel it, mm-hmm. you got way better chance of being accurate when you're freewheeling it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's not to say that like it's going to be perfect every time because that's just not realistic, but right. your margin of error is a lot less in that case. Because I always get so confused by people's argument about like, oh, well, you're not going to be as consistent and you're going to miss shots and this and that. I'm like, you're going to miss shots in any case. Like, That's right. Golf is not a perfect game. Just like, go to a PGA Tour event yeah. and you'll see exactly what we mean. Yeah. It's a it's a reality check. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't understand why people keep saying that. I'm like, you're going to... Life is not perfect. Well, <laughs> like, the, the, I mean, the, you know... The PGA Tour is selling a product. Right. But it's all it's a game of misses. That's right. Exactly. It's when, who's going to miss the when, best. When Ben Hogan says, I hit six shots to my satisfaction in a round of golf, mm-hmm. that means 30 of his shots were less than satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to look different for every person, obviously. Yeah. yeah. They're good misses. Yeah. yeah. He still hit 14 fairways and 18 greens, mm-hmm. but he didn't. You know, nut it to his benchmark standard. Yeah. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So a benchmark standard is not something that you're going to get all the time mm-hmm. because we're adaptation machines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're built for. Now, if you were a repetition machine, that'd be different. You would have your specialty. And if you tried to do anything else, you'd need somebody else to come and help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you would, you know, you would, you wouldn't be self-sufficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be able to survive, you know, like so many of these shows that you see, mm-hmm. you got to be good in a lot of different fields and you have to be adaptable, highly adaptable. Yeah. And that's what we are. Mm-hmm. So in order for, for us to, you know, survive on the planet, um, every moment of every day has to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. So you can't be stuck in a rut. And yeah. that's where if you try to force the human body to stick itself in a rut, mm-hmm. i.e. when you're trying to putt mm-hmm. and you're trying to follow this, you know, chalk line mm-hmm. back and through and you're really, you know, forcing your body to repeat along that line. Well, because mm-hmm. everybody's everybody in the golf community right now is chasing this idea of a perfect game. That's right. Which doesn't exist. There's no perfect in anything. And you have to allow yourself and others around you to make their own mistakes because that's the only way that you're going to learn and be able to grow in the game. But people are so caught up with this idea of perfection. And if you're not doing this, well, then you're not going to have a perfect game. And you're right and you're wrong. And all these different, like, opinions going around. I'm like, 
Everyone just needs to like. Well, I could be practicing right now instead of jabbering with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. When a lot of a lot of golfers out on the range, um, when they're struggling, they tend to attract other people's opinions. Yeah. Hey, you know, if you did this, and you know, you feel a lot of people feel compelled to help, mm-hmm. and and that's human nature so you can't fault them for that no but by the same token you don't know where the other person is needing your help yeah and you don't know where they're coming from what kind of day they're having Mm -hmm. so a ask them are you working on something are you working with somebody Mm -hmm. um you know would you like some help Mm -hmm. and um and side note only offer help if you're like a scratch golfer. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, if you have experience. <laughs> if you have experience in know, the game. And and let me let me be clear about that. Um, I've been teaching for 35 years. And the first 10 years of full-time teaching, I want to give everybody's money back. Mm-hmm. Okay? So hopefully, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years, a lot of people have forgotten about it. <laughs> and, and they're not going to take me you've, up on you've that. You've made up for it. <laughs> I've made up for it, yes. Yeah. So it just goes to show a full-time teacher in their first 10 years of cutting their teeth um, is going to be handing out a lot of horse manure. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not afraid to say it. So for somebody who's just a weekend golfer trying to give advice, I highly recommend you don't do that. Yeah. I highly recommend you ask them to go visit Wisdom and Golf. <laughs> And, and let us take care of that. Yeah, and because that was, um, I had posted something about that on my Instagram, and I got a lot of really good feedback about it and how people, like, really agreed with that kind of thing. Like, just let people evolve on their own. Yeah. You- and don't impose your opinion unless, like, they ask you for it. And one of the comments was, well, doesn't it, like, fresh, like, doesn't it frustrate you to see somebody struggling and, like, don't you feel the need to help? And I'm like... Sure, of course, but, like, it's also, like, not my place. That's right. Like, who am I to think that I'm that important to go impose my opinion on somebody? I'm not. And you don't know how everyone's feeling on the receiving end, right? Like, there's so many different things, right? One person could just be enjoying the outdoors. That's right. Just, like, getting some fresh air. Some people might just be having a bad day, blowing off some steam. That's it. Some people might be actually working on something. Yeah, and actually, one of our drills is to... Predict topping the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, it's not not everyone is going to do that. Mm-hmm. But you need to know what it feels like to top a gosh darn golf ball. You need the absolute references, and that's yes. something that we talk about all the time. Is you need to experience the crappy stuff to appreciate the good stuff. That's it. The whiff, the top, the shank, yeah, the the, the chunk, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Those then- those are all important. Uh, uh, situations that that determine or that um, uh, highlight when you flush one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you yeah. can see what's in between. Yeah. yeah. And you realize, oh, that's flush, that's bliss, and that's not. And I think that's been, like, one of the biggest things that Moo and I have gone through in our own development to where we're at a point now where we've experienced all these things and felt all these um like references to where now we're able to 
you know, micro adjust on our own. Yep. Exactly. And just continue evolving on our own without having to bug you every five minutes. <laughs> you well, know? Uh, I mean, that, and that's so gratifying, right? Because like Moo, we spent what? Two half-hour sessions together all year this year? Yeah, all year it was, yeah, there wasn't much time right? to spend. Like, I was it just, was like I was 15 just, minutes here and 20 minutes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if I'm seeing a consistent, uh, it, not a consistent issue, but like I'm seeing something that's repeating itself, I'd come back and I uh, need some, some help on, on yeah. and understanding what's going on, and then we... we and then you know, I just, I, I just need to get through this little, this little hick. Yeah. And usually it's like a small thing that you're just unconscious of. Yep. Yeah. And you just need to feel. It's like wearing my glasses and they're on your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or hey, where's my phone? It's damn, in my Damn, I've been looking for my glasses for the last half hour. Can yeah. you, where, you remember where I left my glasses? Yeah. Just look on your head. Yeah. 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 It's. Um, and it's nice that way because uh, um, moving forward, you're not so dependent. You're just kind of teaching yourself in the process. And. It's empowering that way, and I'm sure mm-hmm. a, lot, a few oh, of your students dude. have, a few of your students have experienced that too. And I, I met uh, Yannick, uh, Yannick, yeah, I ran into Yannick in the summer, and he was happy that his game is in the, in the right place. He's like, I haven't had to see Sean all year, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's, and then with a big smile on his face, exactly, right? Exactly, and that's what you like to hear. For that's sure it, as a teacher, right? Yeah. And then, and then that's why you know our winter sessions, like already everybody's, hey, can't wait to start, and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and it's just like. They're, they're coming to practice and polish the pearl because, mm-hmm. and then with the simulators and everything else, you know, and that's, what's fun. We got these beautiful f- simulators from foresight. Uh, we got our Hawk, we got our quad and we have our putt view. So people are going to come and pol- polish their stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's just supervised practice that I'm, that I provide for my, for my students. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll have some newbies in there, but I'll, I have so many that just keep coming back and, yeah, man, had a fantastic summer. I'm ready to, you know, get to the next level, and yeah. I can't wait to polish the pearl. And like for the hour that they're they're there, you know, I do two people an hour max. Mm-hmm. It's I, I may say five minutes worth of stuff. Yeah, you know? that's true. Eh? So it's pretty productive. And, and and I'm just sitting back enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like our purpose, and obviously your purpose is to help people build their own awareness yes of their swing and yes. give them the tools and tricks to help them evolve yeah. within themselves yes so that they can eventually like identify it, things and here and there that they can adjust on their own exactly it's like you know if a couple of hundred years ago the two of you would be hey moo it's time you learn how to chop a tree down Right, yeah. And then we go and with our axes and say, here's your here's your birthday axe. I give you an axe for your birthday. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you go, oh, this is awesome. And then you go, okay, and I show you how to chop a tree down. I go, do like this. Yeah. And it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Once you understand what it, what the purpose is of that axe. Mm-hmm. And then we start doing that. And a couple of days later, you're going, hey, man, I'm, I'm really sore. This is This is difficult. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, you're going, hey, I think I got this. Mm-hmm. And a month later, you're an absolute expert. And now you're telling me, hey, watch what I can do. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to show me a couple of tricks. Right. Right? Like you're talking and about And now your you're contributing to the, the clan. Yeah, like you're talking about your student who discovered something new. Yes, I want to talk to you guys mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And, and and then you get to teach that to your kids. True. And then your kids are going to teach it to their kids. And it's it's an acquired skill. 
And that's what I want for everyone in golf because that's the reality, the mm-hmm. real reality of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, Hogan never had a coach over his shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, and he's revered as one of the guys that's, you know, mastered his own game. Mo Norman was the same way. Mm-hmm. Bo- Bubba Watson, you can't tell him what to do. Right. Hey, Bubba, I think your yeah, club face is a little this and your plane's a little that. And he'd go, la, 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 mm-hmm. not listening to you. Because yeah. that's annoying. Right. Right? Yeah. Just tell me what you want me to do with the golf shot. Mm-hmm. And he'll call it in the middle of his backswing. That's pretty, that's hard right? to do. I had a student yesterday. He says, Sean, I was, uh, you know, one of my online students. And uh, he says, I was there, you know, doing my my draws. And I just did my third draw in a row. And I'm thinking, okay, you said, you know, we'll, uh, I should I should do a fade and I'm gonna I'm gonna do one more draw then I'll go to a fade and the last word in his mind was fade and immediately the brain went to fade feel mm-hmm. and he had the shot starting three and a half degrees to the right and drawn back a couple of hundred RPM and having a great time and the ball started a half a degree left and faded back to the line because the last word in his mind was fade. And he felt fade, and boom, it just exploded fade right in front of him. And he goes, that's so powerful. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. And that's like, I just posted a video of um, a short game. Yeah. Like, one of the, the things that has helped me in my short game is picturing where I want to land the ball, not where I want it to end up. Yes. Because you need to give your mind and body those references in order to, like, be able to execute in those pictures. And it sounds like so simple and like kind of crazy at how easily your nervous system and your brain will pick up what you want to execute. That's right. And or what you're fearful of executing. Exactly. It'll, it'll bamboozle you and play yeah. you too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, like, it sounds so crazy sometimes to like, think that it can be that easy. Like just give yourself a reference, give yourself a picture and you can execute it. But it really is that easy. Oh, it's incredible. It's like when somebody says, hey, I got this downward angle of attack and I'm I'm three degrees down with the driver. I'm really struggling to put the ball in the air. And, I, and then that's their first lesson with the driver. And I go, okay, tee the ball up and uh, we'll take the ball off the tee. And what I want you to do is clip the tip of the tee on the way up and you're going to send the tip of the tee twice the height of the tree line in the background. Mm-hmm. Then they do that a couple of times. We put a ball on the tee and they do it again. And now they're plus two. <laughs> they go, it can't be that easy. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it really truly is that easy. Yeah. And well, it's. It's like with any other, any other sport, you have to visualize what you want. Yes. I mean, people talk about visualization all the time. Yes. And I think golf just needs more of it. Yeah. In the, in the instruction part of it. Well, it, it's you, you don't realize that your machine, you know, I keep saying 50 trillion cells. I just saw a documentary. Now it's 100 trillion cells. Hmm. So you, it's a community of cells, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's, who's the leader of that? Who's the band leader, right? Mm-hmm. It's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so if you say, well, I want to make sure I put the elbow there. Okay, fantastic Mm -hmm. you got the elbow where you wanted to but what that what does that have to do with a golf shot Mm -hmm. you're just posing you're just uh 
you know, a model on a catwalk. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. You're posing. Mm-hmm. So back to my student. It's funny. I, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, throwing a football and, you know, showing everybody that when you throw the football, it's football season, mm-hmm. how that elbow leads. So imagine you're going to do a football throw side saddle or, or um, submarine throw. Yeah. And that elbow is still going to lead the hand. Mm-hmm. And so one of my students sends me an email and says, oh, man, I had this epiphany. I had my hands were wet mm-hmm. and I was at a Starbucks and the blower wasn't working. So I had to shake my hands mm-hmm. and I looked at my elbows and my elbows were snapping down and the water was coming off my hands. I'm going, oh, my God. And then I'm going, well, what if I wanted the water to go toward the wall? Right. And then he starts shaking his hands toward the wall. And you go, oh, that's the kinetic chain that Sean was talking about. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, he discovered a, it in the own way. A Starbucks epiphany. Yeah. A Starbucks epiphany. Yeah. It, it was like genius, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm, we're going to do a video on that, Sav. <laughs> and how easy it is for you to understand how the the kinetic chain flows through the arm, you know, the arms, through the shoulders, through the elbow, through the hands and fingers, mm-hmm. because the fingers are in there too. Because when you throw a ball, you don't throw it from the palm of your hand, you throw it from the fingers. Right. And it's important that you throw through your fingers with the golf club. A baseball bat is different because it's heavier and thicker. Sledgehammer is different because it's heavier and thicker. Mm-hmm. But when you... Deliver a golf club, it's a slinging action, not a hitting action. So you're slinging the club through the fingers, and uh, that requires, well, I mean, hammers, elbow first anyways. But it's uh, that was a really cool Mm -hmm. epiphany for for both, for all of us, right? That's the... Hey man, my student just showed me something. Yeah. I get so jacked when that happens. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. So, uh, those, so uh, much obliged. I appreciate that. And I know you're listening and, um, we're going to do a video in your honor on that one. <laughs> you can just see it, right? Yeah. Savvy thinks those are corny videos, but they're really, it, they, they're not. They're little hidden nuggets of gold. Yes. Little hidden gems. <laughs> so, um, so what are we doing next? We, we need, uh, we got a, we got a couple of guests lined up. We weren't able to line them up for this week. But I can't wait to get our next guest in here, and um, one of one of the guests I want to get in here. We uh, the last session I had on the road was in Tampa, and uh, it was at Jan Stevenson's golf club called Tarpon Woods, and it's a nonprofit for um, the veterans for for war veterans or military veterans, and um, I thought that was really cool because golf is is such an amazing game it is a very therapeutic game for so many a lot of rock and roll mm-hmm. you know stars have found refuge in golf and um you know cuz you know you could call golf an addiction for a lot of people <laughs> yeah right yeah. and what a healthy addiction that is yeah and um we have a a meeting with um somebody in the in the world of google searching tomorrow and i'm looking forward for that meeting and um 
one of the one of the things that uh, that we want to talk about is, you know, because golf has become such a meditation for me, right? And you look at the word meditation online is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of searching going on for that because people are they're looking for a little bit more of a of peace and quiet because mm-hmm. it is a tumultuous um, society out there when it comes to social media, all the bombardments that we get through our telephones and our emails. Um, it is, uh, and it, so I think golf is more important than ever as uh, a haven, uh, a peaceful place for you to go to, to get away from things, mm-hmm. be out in nature and bubble. be in your own bubble. And the last thing you want is a freaking hornet's nest of body part positions and musts and be carefuls and watch outs mm-hmm. to put even more stress and anxiety in your life. Yeah, talking about that, I saw an article talking about John Rahm who was having swing thoughts problems yeah. during his tournament. And uh, he talked about how much of an uncomfortable distraction that was because, like he said, he just wants to hit up and line up the shot. But right. his mind was bombarded with you know, body part position or swing thoughts. And, yeah. And he mentioned how that was not a good time. Exactly. Yeah. It's time to perform, right? Yeah, that's it. And, he, he and even like, when you're practicing, yeah. you don't want to do that. No. Uh, I actually, you know, I keep talking about this story of, and I, I spoke uh, about this with another student of mine, the dart story. Mm-hmm. They took a, a team, split into the two, and they said, okay, you guys focus only on the bullseye and just toss it into the bullseye. And that's all you're going to do. Don't think. An hour a day, two weeks. 15% improvement after two weeks. 15% tighter dispersion. 15% more in the bullseye. And for those who were thinking body parts, they went 23% worse. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, I have a student of mine who says, oh, yeah, I couldn't even hit the board anymore. Wow. Oh. <laughs> he says, I just lost it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play darts anymore. It was an embarrassment. So I had to you know, go to somewhere else. I refused to play darts because I have such anxiety now because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I was start, you know, I missed the bullseye a couple of times, or I was getting a little bit off, mm-hmm. and I thought something wrong with me. So I'm going to go and figure out which body body parts is 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 wrong with me. Yeah, he became the Charles Barkley of darts. Wow, and it can affect people that way. Yeah, we we'll call them focal dystonias. Okay. So when it comes back to hey. I got to, you know, what's my best putting? And, and you got these guys that put lasers on the, mm-hmm. you know, on the putting. And they go, okay, this is your best stroke. You want to repeat this stroke. Yeah, that's the Ernie answer. Els went down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and, and, and he, he barely got back out. Yeah. It almost ruined his career. Mm-hmm. He had a six pot in the first hole of the Masters when he went from, you know, because the, the coach told him, well, this, you got to follow this arc. And then he went to the belly putter because he thought he could manipulate the putter better to perform and repeat that arc. Yeah. And then when he went away from the belly put, belly putter because it was outlawed, mm-hmm. he he lost it. He it was the yip city. Right. And it, he he was completely discombobulated. So when you try to repeat and force your brain to repeat something, it will rebel in the form of focal dystonias. Mm-hmm. 
and it will force you to give it up so that you can survive another day. <laughs> right? It's going to short circuit. Yeah. It's going to short circuit. Yeah. So stop doing that. So the best way to go about putting is, well, how do you want the ball to roll in and let momentum perform the task for you? So your homework is read the putt, see how you want it to go in, tell your brain what you want, mm-hmm. not what you don't want, because yeah. it's so easy to go, well, don't miss it to the left, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then you pull it left or you shove it right. And so... You say, this is where I want it to roll in. This is the line I'm going to start it on. Now I'm going to let momentum do that. Right. So there's a way to balance the putter under your shoulders and allow, and you just become a witness to it now. Correct. And you just let your central nervous system do the work because the brain is constantly seeking the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. So you got to let it do its thing to get you closer to what you want. Right. That's what it's programmed for. And that's out of your control. Sure. So the more you let the brain do that, the better you're going to get organically. And the more you interfere in that, the more the brain's going to say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. take that. Yeah, it'll rebel. Right? Yeah, it'll rebel. <laughs> you, can't, you can't force it into submission. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it, right? So with that, Boys and girls, we will uh, leave you with that uh, unbelievable wisdom that we've acquired. And uh, we can't wait to uh, bring you some more next week. All the best. All the best. Take care.